What it do, what it do, wake up, ghetto children, rise and shine. It's your girl, Jess. Just be real to be specific. But welcome back for another dope episode of Just Be Real Podcast. If you new to the podcast, welcome. Bienvenidos, homies. Anyway, I got one of the realest and the dopest, my special, one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Victorian Amos. Wonder what we're going to talk about today. I know you are. Enough of me chatting. Let's get real. All right, I told you I have the dopest and the realest with me. I thought I was joking, like I'm dead ass. Like this girl is like top tier, like creme de la creme. And I'm not talking about my car because y'all know it's my car name, but creme de la creme when it comes to people who is like on they shit, about they shit, don't play, like period. So, Victoria, welcome. Hey, hey, thanks for having me, Jess. It's, it's good to be here. It's good to be here. I know. It's just like, I'm like, yo, what's a podcast without one of the dopest people I've met in in Charlotte? Like, so I'm going to get a little back here, Victoria Victoria's my story, yes. But like, we really met, like, when people tell you social media, to the best of your ability, be smart and intentional about social media, it's not a joke. Like, yeah, we have a commonality of Delta, but like, if I didn't have the personal skills to have an interpersonal skills to be able to like, yo, you in Charlotte, like, hey, yo, come through, let's link up and let's know each other, which I have before y'all would not be as great and flourished over this last year. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Some of y'all be too busy thotting and bopping and don't use it with proper intent and networking because I use mine for networking because you never know who knows what or what they might have resources that might be beneficial to your growth. So, I'm just saying. But anyway. (laughs) Besides the point, but today's episode is called Sis, Savvy in Sports. And Victorian happens to be one of the faces behind Bleacher Report. So, it was only right because, you know, given women are having to come up where they're having their voice starting to be heard, not much in silence. I'm like, yo, I got to get some sports in here, but not from a male's perspective because that's, of course common we need a female a little razzle dazzle a little black girl magic sprinkled on this podcast i'm like hey yo splash you available she's like of course anything for you and i'm like my dog my dog and now we're here and now and, and started from the bottom now we're here so here <laughs> here we are so first off give us a little introduction about yourself who's victorian amos like the strength in the name what does your name say about you like let the people know what's up so a little about me, um, of course, as you know, 26, um, graduated from UNC Charlotte in undergrad, um, then went on to Clemson to get my MBA. Uh, straight out of Clemson, I was blessed with the opportunity to work for ESPN, in which I worked on their social team. And about 16 months after doing that, I was approached uh, by a recruiter for Bleach Report to come to the BR side. And I've been here ever since. And I have to say, I love it. I love it. BR has been an amazing opportunity for me and I mean I just really have such a great time a little bit about my personal name um I actually asked my mom about this maybe a few years back and she stated she wanted me to have a name that was powerful when you heard the name it spoke power and that's something that means a lot to me because one it amazes me how many people cannot say my name correctly even though it's just one extra letter at the end it's victorian with an n at the end like there's a whole era it's a, a house after a whole style queen all of it but period for me personally 
my name is something that I want to be attached to uh, as far as someone that helps lift as I climb. Um, it's really important to me, as you spoke on earlier, being a black woman in sports. There's not a lot of black women in sports. Uh, granted, the black women I know, they're doing the thing. They're, you know, living their lives as they want to. They're, you know, reporting, they're writing, they're on social media with me. But it's not too many of us. So I want to be that person that I'm able to only not only work hard for myself, but work hard for the black women that are going to be coming up behind me and wanting to do the same things that I'm doing. And that's that's imperative. Like like I told you before, Victorian for me is just like, you know, somebody who's victorious. Like you're victorious and anything that is set forth from you, there's not gonna be an obstacle that's gonna stop you. Like you're gonna always come out on top. And like exactly. you said, it's that era, it's style of a home, like it just speaks volumes because it's just vintage, like it's classic, like it's timeless, it'll never age. Just like the black woman, you know what I'm saying? It'll never age. And then, you know, Amos is just, you know, like how you told me, like, famous Amos. I'm like, ah, to me, it's like the Greek mythology of love. Like, you're victorious in love. You're And I, for me, know you as a person. You're very loving. And you have a lot to love to give. And you and I feel like you probably received that same love that you put out in reciprocity. So it's just like, yeah, she's dope. Like, that's a powerful name. And it's, it's bold. It speaks before. Somebody looks at your name on the paper, they're like, oh, yeah, she about that. Like, she... Let's see if the energy, the personality matches with the name. And lo and behold, it never disappoints. It doesn't disappoint. It doesn't disappoint. It's not too many Victorians out here. Period. So I gotta definitely, definitely put the name on the map. And that's what I'm trying to do. Shout out to Mom Dukes for that one. Because she's popping. Shout out to her for yes. being different and original. Because we love, we love originals because, you know, it's be real over here. We love being, you know different and i feel like that's a very different name but it's a powerful name so shout out to your mom for that one so as you mentioned before espn to bleacher report like what made you just go from that transition from espn to bleacher report like um well honestly with that being said i am focused on my voice uh honestly in order to be powerful you don't need to have a powerful voice, but wherever your voice is being utilized, it needs to be heard. Ooh, that was a be real bomb right there. Y'all heard that? That's something that I am overly cautious about because there are times where I'll look to my left and my right, and uh, like when I was back at ESPN, and it didn't seem as if my voice was being truly heard. Um, I understand there's politics behind things understand that there's a way that you're supposed to i guess quote-unquote act at work mm -hmm. but that doesn't take from, away from the fact that as an employee as a representative of, of espn i want my voice to be heard and when i was looking for a new place to work uh i was again approached by bleach report and i had a few co-workers because you know the sports industry it's small mm -hmm. uh, it's super small so everybody knows everybody and if you don't know someone you know someone that knows that person so i had a friend that actually made the transition to bleach report maybe two or three months before i did or before i even had my first interview and i asked him about it because he's a black man and he uh, dealt with a lot of the same issues that i did at espn i asked him what was it like being at bleach report and he told me it's a 180 it's it's like a breath of fresh air and i have to admit that it has been that thus far i mean i'm able to get not only more responsibility but more respect i'm getting credit for the things that i do i'm being heard so it's great to know that 
when I'm speaking to our consumers or when I'm posting on social media, that's my voice. I can look at a post and say, that's me. I right. So and there's really nothing better than that. Um, it, it's really been amazing because, again, as a black person, we're not just black people that like sports. We're not just consumers that like sports. A lot of people have different roles and different atmospheres and different um, categories of things that they like. So being able to intersect pop culture, being to, uh, able to intersect, you know, news that aren't exactly sports related, but making it sports related or putting a sports twist on it. That's great for me because I'm not just black. I'm not just a woman. I'm not just a black woman that likes sports. I'm a black woman that has an interest in multiple avenues and multiple categories. So being at Bleach Report, it truly has opened my eyes to being able to have a voice and having that voice be directly heard by the people that interact with our pages. And and I, I love how you said, like, not just you being a black woman and how there's different categories, because I don't think people just when they think of sports, they just think of like, you know, I'm a just they're just like ESPN, like you said, is pretty much one one tunnel vision It's sports, sports only sports is all we're going to look at. And that's that. And like you said, with Bleach Report, like everybody has their roles, like it's a functioning machine where everybody has their own contributions to make it a team effort for it to function the way it's functioning and how you said it's not just strictly sports but it's, it, it intersects with different areas of like culture and society like you joining that team given that it's not just pertinent to athletics what does be be um bleacher report show you that you wanted to be a part of their team that was just like yo because you said that it exercises all different aspects of you as victorian what else like draw you like yeah i'm working for them because that's where it's at Honestly, it's the opportunities I'm allowed within Bleacher Report. So at Bleacher Report, it's very, it's organized very different um, than the other companies that I've worked for. Um, Bleacher Report has, like you stated, each person has a role. So there are some people that work only football. There are some people that work on our uh, soccer cages, which we call actually VR football. So our football page is Gridiron. There's some people that wear coops. There, you are allowed to explore what it is that you are passionate about. And with that being said, I'm also allowed to not just explore the sport that I'm passionate about, but how I want to present myself in that area. So mm. there are some days that I could be working on social media feeds. Um, my bosses have really encouraged me and allowed me the opportunity to work side by side with some of the people that are reporters and analysts. Um, people that you will see on NBA, TNT, and things of that nature. So it's good to know that I was very upfront with, okay, this is the goal that I have for myself in the future. This is where I see myself going. Will you support that? And, of course, I, re I received a yes in their interview, but it feels so great to not just hear the yes in the interview, but see it through actions right. knowing that I joined the team. Right. And that makes a big difference for me because – Nobody really wants to get into one area and stay in that one area for 20, 25, 30 years. Exactly. Um, not with this generation. No, 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 no. Not with this generation. We definitely, if we're unhappy, we, and I like that about us. I like the fact that we put our mental health first. And that's another thing with Bleach Report. They understand my mental health. Um, there are some days that, you know, especially because we're conditioned, I feel like people in our particular age group, we're still dealing with the old school ways of working mixed in with the new school. Girl. And so it feels good to not, you know, now that I have unlimited PTO, there are some days where I just really need a mental health break. And I'll just say, hey, can I have the last hour of my shift off or something like that? 
and I'll I'll be granted that. There are some days where my boss is like, just take a day of PTO. You know, you don't need to come in. Right. So it feels good to have people not only appreciate me, but understand that I'm human. I'm right. not a machine. I need days where I can take a break. I need moments where I just step away from the computer and and rest my eyes and rest my mind because it it seems like it's not stressful posting on social media. But when you have 16.2 million followers, it, it, it can get very hard. It can be very hard. So that's one thing I also really appreciate. They understand menta- like my mental mentality-wise that um, I need to sometimes take a break and step away in order to be the best that I can be. And that my best is going to look different on Monday than it did on Tuesday than it does on Wednesday. Right. So that's that's something I'm really appreciative for. And I think, like how you said, for the aspect of this generation, I think we're so multifaceted and want to be able to not just be an expertise in one of our, our set skill set, but have ambiguity and versatility to who we are as people. So like how you said, we don't want to be in that same role 20, 25 years, which is like you said, the old school conventional way where it's like, Back then, honestly, truly, a lot of them didn't have to have degrees to be in the positions they're in now where they've been with companies for 30, 25 years because they had their seniority. As opposed to now, it's like it takes your degree, but it's like, okay, I don't want to just be stuck in pigeonholes into this one sector of life as if there's not more layers to who I am as a person. And how you were saying like the individuality of how they like know you're mental and you were able to present to them like, hey, I want to do this. And instead of them just, you know, selling you a dream, it's kind of like, yeah, we're going to execute this because we heard you. We're listening. We didn't just hear you. We understood and comprehended where you're coming from and we want the best for you. So like... Having that mental space where they respect those mental health days or telling you, yo, just take the day off. That work-life balance is imperative, especially now given this pandemic with like everybody working from home. Work is at home now. So you don't get to separate church and state like, oh, I'm at work and I'm going to come home and just kick my feet off. Now it's like, okay, I either got to close the bedroom door because that's the office or I got to literally just close the laptop. And that sometimes within itself can be a distraction because it's like, damn, now work in my house. What the hell? Like I don't get to walk the hell away. And having that unlimited PTO, I'm probably sure is a benefit. But I think, like you said, coming from the conventional to non-conventional and transitioning now being forced to with the pandemic, I think it's important that employers implement that. And the, to hear Bleacher Report is like, yo, you're not just a number. Because sometimes you just a, you just like, oh, yeah, you a black girl. Let's, let me make sure we hit our quota kind of thing. The yeah. fact that it's more so like your Victorian Amos, we appreciate who you are and what you can contribute so therefore, we want to make sure that the retention is here, that we're able to provide for you the way you're providing for us. And that's that's key. That's key. It is. It is. Bleacher Report definitely has all the keys right now. <laughs> Look, they got all, they unlocking all the doors. Like, what's up? But I think, like you said, like, that's important, especially for longevity, because who wants to really go from job to job? Like, I want a place I could feel like... I'm like you said, I'm valued. I'm not just a number. I know for me at my old job, I was I personally know for a fact I was just a number, like a checkbox is like now we got a diversity quota. As opposed to trying to help me transition, it wasn't there and the work life balance wasn't there. So it's like, yeah, I'm good. Like y'all got me chopped. Yes, that was one major issue for me um at my last job. Work life balance. Um nobody and especially I'm twenty six. Nobody wants to work 5 p.m. to 1, 2, 3 a.m. in the morning every day, including weekends. No one wants to do that. You know, you're missing out on birthdays. You're missing out on celebrations. You're missing out on special night because it was interrupting our Friday special nights. Okay. Yes, missing out on movie 
night, special night. Like it's it's so much. Boo night for you and your boo. And it's it's really just I I appreciate the fact that they're understanding. Okay, we're not gonna have you work at night. Um, it's actually very cool to me because they let, which sounds very simple, but they let the West Coast people, the people that live on the West Coast, they work the West Coast games. The people that live on the East Coast, we work the East Coast games. And that may seem very simple, but that's not what every organization does. Girl, because that sounds real logical because there's a three-hour time difference. If it's 11 p.m. here and it's 8 p.m. there, let them work that 8 p.m. game, child. What? what? Exactly. And it, it really just, it really, there would be some nights where I really just, I broke, I break down. I would break down. Because I, I remember so much. I remember. I, I have to lug my computer everywhere with me because I, you know, can't miss out on certain events. But at the same time, I don't have the ability to either take PTO or I don't have the ability to miss this night off. And it, it's really just amazing to me how Bleach Report sets me up to win. And that's important because you you don't want to just they don't and i feel like with the way you're speaking to them it's not the fact that they want you to just win they want you to excel at the highest heights possible like they don't want you to limit yourself and i think that's great especially as a black woman because you know black women are always being limited somehow some way so they hear that an employer's like yo you're good you're great but we want you to be phenomenal so what we got to do to get you there Yes, it's definitely not just a, it's not empty promises, I can say, being made at Bleacher Report. And that, that's good, because when they brought me on, of course, I work as a social content programmer, too, right now. But they're not bringing me on just as that level. Like, they told me, hey, listen, Instagram, our national Instagram page, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, these are your babies. These are yours. Like, it's kind of like when you're in high school and the seniors are getting ready to graduate, and you're thinking to yourself, oh, my goodness, we're about to be seniors. Like, we're about to start running this. We're about mm-hmm. to set on the page. And Bleach Report was very upfront with me saying, hey, we're going to give you the training. We're going to hold your hand. We're going to walk you through it. But just know there's going to come a point where this is yours to manage. And not only that, but they usually, about a few weeks in, they'll give you someone to work with, you know, maybe someone that has less experience than you just because we're having new employees come in at this moment. And now I get to train them, which helps me retain the information so much more than it is someone just slacking me, you know, once every few days. Hey, don't forget to do this. Don't forget right. to do that. So the training in itself, uh, the responsibility in itself, it's a lot. But it's nothing that I can't handle because I always look to my left and my right. And my team has always had my side. They never let me, you know, they never let things pile up on my plate. And so that means the world to me. And that's dope, too. Like, you get to train somebody who's less, but that that also shows for them your leadership skills. So they know, like, yo, Victoria's able to, you know, she can level up a little bit. Like, and I feel like by putting you in that position, it allows them to know, like, what you asked for, what you asked for in this interview is what you're going to get. And I'm going to show you how I'm going to make them level up to whatever I got to do. And I think that's, that's dope to put you in that position and say, like, yo, we might be watching on your leadership skills. But it allows you to also show, like, yo, like, your voice. Like, I can show you how much of a leader I am. I mean, you're a Delta woman. Duh. But nonetheless, because, you know, we always lead. We never follow. But nonetheless, like, it's just a vibe just to know that you could do that in the workplace, too. Instead of them having to designate it to you to show, like, hey, can you do this for leadership? It's like, okay, well, you know, I'm about to flex this real quick. Let me show you what, let me show you what I really got. Let me show you I got this. Okay. 
Okay, get into it. Period. So what drew you to sports? Like given the black women, like you said, are the least represented in the in the culture or in your profession. What brought you to sports? Girl, let me tell you about a woman named Maria Taylor. <laughs> let me tell you about a woman named Maria Taylor. I remember so vividly. I always knew I loved sports, but it never occurred to me that I could work in sports. You know, it just going up and you know this goes back to like the old school ways of thinking mm-hmm. um, my, even my mom my mom is my biggest supporter but she even said hey just so you know your first job may not be in sports you may have to work your way doing something else to make money and then try that's to every black sports. mama because mine said the same damn thing it's like you have you may have to work sports and on the side and with our generation, we think, oh, no, 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 no. If I want to work in sports, I'm going to work in sports. Period. There ain't no plan B, baby. There's only plan A. I, I may get my, my little, my big toe in the door. I may get my big toe in the door, but once I get in the door, I'm wiggling it and I'm making some more room for now. You better say that. So I remember, um, you know, I come from a huge sports family, so we all love sports. And there was this one day I was thinking to myself, well, you know, a reporter, being a reporter would be cool, but I don't see reporters that look like me. I don't see reporters with natural hair. I don't see reporters that are darker skin. I don't see reporters that resemble what I would look like. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it was this day, but I turned on the TV and I look on ESPN and I see Maria Taylor. And I think to myself, Wow. This is a black woman, a dark-skinned black woman at that, in sports. And not just in sports, but she's on the sidelines reporting. She's at college game day. She's traveling with the group. She's having a voice. And that's what matters to me. I wanted to be the person that has a voice, that can be a representative for those coming behind me, that I can be on the TV and that people can look at me and say, wow, she did it and she looks just like me, so I can do it too. Right. And that's really what drew me into wanting to work with sports and not really pursuing any other avenue because I knew in my heart, if this is something I'm passionate about, this is something I should do. If I wake up every day and think about how cool it would be to work in sports, that's something I need to pursue, regardless of how many no's I may be you know, told or you know, regardless of what it may be that I have to do, maybe even for a little while if I'm uncomfortable with it, I just need to get my foot in the door. So I really worked my butt off. I applied... And I kid you not, I was told no over 200 times. 200 times. But I don't care about the 200 times I was told no. I only care about the one time I was told yes because I prayed so many nights. Mm-hmm. God, I don't want I don't want any job. I want the job for me. I don't need a thousand interviews. I just need that one interview for the job that I should really have. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly how it worked out. And let me tell... You know, your listeners, everybody tuning in for the podcast, make sure that when you do your resume, it's not just, if you want to be, if you want to work in sports, this is just me being honest. If you want to work in sports, don't have cashier cook on your resume. Don't have bartender and things like that on your resume. If you have done any volunteer work in sports, Put that on your resume. It doesn't have to be paid. It doesn't have to be professional. It could be one day that you work. Put it on your resume because I'll tell you this right now. I only received that one yes from ESPN because of my volunteer experience. Mm. 
And that's and that's the real. That's the real though because you like and that's what I've always said because you know being in business, you I've had uh, several jobs, but if it's not pertinent to accounting and finance, there's no point of putting it on there. Because they're looking at what what skills of accounting and finance can I contribute and show that I'm able to excel in. So Victorian ain't lying to y'all. Be mindful, like and like you said, no matter those no's were God's protection for those rejections, because He knew what was like, nah, this ain't for you. So it was like, yo, you wanted to be make that difference, you know, be that change. And Maria Taylor was that for you, like that to me is dope, and that's how kind of how I feel with accounting. Like, there's not many black female accountants. There's not many representations of where people are like, oh, you know, whatever. And for me, I felt it was my due diligence to have financial literacy to be able to give back. So me being an accounting mentor for kids that are in HBCU schools and being a part of like big firms is kind of like, yeah, I'm here and I'm pushing down a door for you to come behind me. Like, like you say, like paying it forward, making sure that you're not leaving behind. Cause at some point somebody reached back for you to make sure you got that opportunity. Exactly. Always, always, always lift as you climb. Always. That's going to be my number one thing. And I think that's cool because, like you said, if the, if the sports arena is small, as you said, it is, you you had to cross paths with Maria after just be like on some, yo, what's up, like? Girl, on the third day of ESPN, I actually received a text message from her. And I lost my mind. Girl, I would have fangirled out like, oh my god, I didn't remember you talk to me. She talked to me. Oh my god, because of course, you know, the number's not saved or anything. So she texted me and she introduced herself because she heard through another black woman, a woman that lifted as she was climbing for me to get in the door. She heard through her how much of a fan of hers I was. And I don't care, you know, people are like, you know, I don't want to be a fan. I'm a fan of Maria Taylor. I stand Maria Taylor. Like, if Maria Taylor would have texted me right now. And ain't nothing wrong with that. And asked me to, to come over and bring her some groceries or something, I would do it. I'm not even going to be fronting. Like, I, Maria Taylor has done so much for me in my personal life that you honestly, she has nothing but my respect. And so I really, <laughs> I really got this text message from her on my phone. And it says, maybe Maria Taylor because she's, she already said her name. And when I tell you, I almost fainted. I called my mom and dad. I was like, y'all not going to believe this. Maria Taylor just texted me. And so and I, that's the kind of impact I want to have on other little black girls. Right. I want to be able to look at them. And, you know, they come up They'd to be like, me. Victorian I, Amos. Oh, my God. She just yes. texted me. And I would never, I would never turn them away. I would, I mean, I, if I could embrace every black woman that wants to work in sports, I promise you I would. I'd make sure every day that when someone approaches me about working in sports, I always give my time. Um, but especially for black women, I always make sure that if there's anything that they need, I can be there for them as a mentor. Because I, it doesn't start at the top it starts with mm-hmm. the bottom you better say it and that's how you build connections because again the sports industry is small it's very small so you have to be very confident in your networking skills and you have to be able to meet with different people and state what it is clearly what you want because these people they probably only have 10 15 20 minutes to spare to talk to right them. So you can't be here wasting people's time. You have to be sure of your goals. So make sure you have your goals ready. Make sure you write them down. Make sure that you are prepared so that in case you do one day randomly get a text from whoever it is that you are, you know, inspired, right? You're ready. 
you're ready. And best believe, I was ready. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel like you said time, regardless if that's in, in professional or personal life, time is one thing that's the most value thing because you can't get it back. So when, when somebody gives you their time, that means that they're getting they're giving you something so valuable and intangible. And it's it's like you can it's palpable to you because you can feel the energy of them really investing in you whether it just be something on some relationship or professional level it's it's something you value and and what i say that i'm laughing in my head not because about what you said but because i'm thinking of selena johnson's song time because she has a song time spends better than money your time is really all i need like you can't like you said you can't pay for it and like you said like you the way you felt with maria taylor there's always I feel like everybody's had that experience like there's that one person that they that they're so inspired by that it's just like wow like that's dope and to have that interaction even to get some like you took the time out to text me little old me and you just know me from word of mouth like that's and word of mouth is what people I'm gonna tell y'all now word of mouth is the best networking tool. Because that speaks volumes on your character as a person for somebody to be willing to be like, yo, I vouch for this person. This is their name. And then you get that opportunity. Like, what? That's so dope, yo. And then, you know, especially because when people vouch for you, they're putting their reputation. Hello? So you can't go in there and be all, you know, crazy with it. You have to make sure that you are representing yourself. You're representing the person that vouched for you. You're representing your organization. Shoot, at the end of the day, I'm representing my mom and dad. Period. I'm representing every black woman that's coming up behind me. I have a, a, an entire community of people on my shoulders that I represent every time I open my mouth to speak. So always making sure that whenever you do something, you are aware of what the... Because consequences, it, it usually has a bad connotation with it, but consequences can be good too. Right. So making sure that you're aware of the consequences, good and bad, that may follow afterwards. Because like you said, like, you're, you have somebody, you have a whole shoulder, but like I always say, you're a walking billboard. You're a brand. You are a brand. Like, you, Victoria Amos, are a brand. Whether that be the derivative of Victorian the daughter, Victorian the girlfriend, Victoria for Bleacher Report, Victorian, etc. You're a billboard and you represent exactly what's supposed to be exuded to go ahead and not feel like you're going to embarrass what you're representing. So, like, I always, like, one thing I know Demetri McKinney always says is, like, be confident. Be confident in who you are and when you go with the intent of pursuing a dream of yours because... There's people in that industry as well that might try to tell you who you are if you don't know who you are before you get there. Right. And I feel like in the industry you're working in, it's common where people are getting told who they are because they're not confident walking enough to know who they are before they got there. And you need to be confident enough to know when to walk away from something if it no longer serves your purpose. That part. That part. Because it's like, if it's not serving you, then you're pretty much putting yourself in, you're now pigeonholing yourself into a position of where you don't want to be. So now it's no longer a passion where you have a love for sports or a love for what you do. It's really become a job where you're now becoming miserable. And and that's one thing I definitely have to learn the hard way. Because like we said earlier, time is the one thing you can't pay for. But the one thing that's always going to keep going on is time. Time is going to pass you by whether you're doing what you love or whether you're doing what you hate. That's a fact. smiling. That's a fact. Time is going to pass by. So wouldn't you rather spend that time 
doing something you're passionate about, doing something that you love, being in a place where people respect your time. Rather than... I'll tell you personally, those five to one, two, three a.m. shifts, I didn't. I never felt like my time was respected. There's not one night where I felt like, okay, I'm glad that <laughs> I'm glad that I worked this shift. So there's some times where you have to really be able to step away and say, okay, this is not what I really planned on doing with my life, and it it is this is not the way I planned on doing it. Be open up to have that conversation. And that's why I say always make sure you know what you want because if you're not confident enough to voice your opinion or if you don't know what your opinion is at that point people can't help you Mm, that's a fact you gotta yeah you gotta be be intentional you have to be intentional and if you're not intentional it's like how they say how we say in accounting a hostile takeover where that parent company will take over that subsidiary and you have no choice because your back's against the wall you just gotta go with it because you weren't vocal about what you wanted from gate yeah, my coach always said this one quote. His name was Miguel. <laughs> he always said this one quote, uh, quote, move with a purpose. Now, granted, this was just for gymnastics, so it wasn't really um, something that you may think goes along with life. But every time you make a move, you have to make it with the purpose or with the thought of, this is what I want the reaction from this to be. This is how I want this to go. This is the first domino on the entire ripple of what I'm doing with my life. Mm, I like that analogy. Come on, domino effect. Age. Come on, domino effect. And and that's and that's key cuz like you said, black women are not that represented in the sports industry. So it's like like how you said Maria Taylor was your domino effect for her to go ahead and be able to pursue you to do that. And you might be out here right now not even knowing you pursuing somebody else, you know, another young, young black woman. So given that being said, where do you see black women in sports when they're not actually in the game, but in the game? Like you got people like Candace Parker who went from, you know, I'm on the court to where I'm in the, you know, reporters before I'm going ahead and then, you know, spitting the stats and having conversations. Like right. how do you feel that we're like, where do you see that kind of going? Cause a lot of athletes are transitioning into the reporter, you know, correspondent area, but at the same token, it's also branching ways for, you know, the black woman's voice to still be seen and heard on the court and off the court. So there's two things I have with that one. One, I see black women, personally speaking, though, this is just my point of view. I've seen black women in every facet of the game. I've seen them on the sidelines as a reporter. I see them on TV as an analyst. I see them, you know, working social media with me. I see them writing behind the scenes. I see us in every aspect of the game, but I don't see enough of us. Mm-hmm. I see maybe one or two per area, but I know that there's over 40 people working in that same area with them. Right. So to see them, I'm, of course, very happy for them that they're doing what they love. But at the same time, I would love to see more black women taking leaps and bounds in our career fields, which we're not always given the same opportunities to advance in. But with that being said, of course you stated Candace Parker, um, and of course I'm gonna go back to Maria Taylor with this one. I also see athletes, of course athletes have an easier time transitioning from on the court to on the sidelines or on the field to in the booth. But at the same time, I'm seeing black women in particular reaching back knowing that there are black women like me who don't play the game right we're still trying to get into the same area so uh for an example and again i I said i was gonna mention her 
Maria Taylor. She knew that her time at ESPN was coming to an end. And instead of worrying about herself and, you know, worrying about whatever it is that she had going on in her personal life, she used her last bit of power to push Malika Andrews into the spotlight for the NBA Finals. And that, to me, spoke volumes because that just goes to show even when we are nearing the end of our time in one career area, we always put each other mm-hmm. And so it really takes people like that because Maria Taylor, she played sports. She was a volleyball player. She played for UGA. Um, she was top 40 under 40 for UGA even. And she still used her last bit of power to say, I want Malika Andrews to get her shine. I want Malika Andrews to reach the opportunities that she should and is deserving of. Um, so with that being said, I'm seeing us in every as- uh, well, facet of the game and every aspect of the game. But I want to see more of us. And those that I am seeing that have more connections or maybe more visibility, they're still using their voice and their name and any leverage they have to promote other women that look like us. And that means the world to me because that continues to show me that we really are about the, you know, looking behind us and making sure that we dig a path for those that may be falling behind us. And that's and that also shows women empowerment. And I say, like you said, particularly in black women, like that's what's gonna probably be a pillar for another black woman to be like, yo, this not this is not really a dog eat dog world. It really is where we are empowering because some people have the ideology that black women are just catty and it's always a competition. But sometimes y'all don't get y'all be so focused on that rather than seeing the cohesiveness where we come together and be like, yo, sis. Let me look out for you one time. Like, as they say, throw confetti instead of shame. Let it shine. Like, me taking what's meant for me is meant for me, but there's nothing wrong with me putting my best foot forward and using my resources to help utilize you to get to that next level. So, like, shout out to Maria Taylor for that because I seen that on social media. That was dope to me because I'm like, yo, not all. I want them to get up that stigma that black women are all catty. Like, that's not the case. Yeah, I will definitely tell you that the black women I've met um, at ESPN have been some of if not the best women i've ever worked with um they made sure that even before i knew their name they were in meetings behind the scene fighting to make sure that i was treated with respect and that i was not just heard but acknowledged and that they were solutions they even told me they went through the trenches and the mud just so i would be able to have you know better opportunities or have better treatment and that is something that really means a lot to me because it goes to show even if and even while they were having, uh, I guess I should say, not the best moments at their particular uh, in their particular area, they still made sure that I was good. That's what's so up. That, that means a lot to me because they, there's never been a black woman I met in sports that has been catty. Every single woman that I've connected with has been nothing but helping are helpful because they know what it is the struggle they know the struggle yes yeah they and know. and that and that's dope because you saying that given that i know what it really is but it, it allows the listeners to know like don't always believe what you see or what is what is put out there as a notion to be like speak to speak to their speak firsthand to somebody that's actually in that arena and let them speak on it first like don't just take by what Hearsay, because telephone, like they always say at the end, once you get the message, sometimes it'd be messed up. It don't be exactly what it's supposed to be. So, like, you got to be mindful. And I think what you're saying that how you said there's nobody that's ever been catty and you really want to see more representation of the black woman in sports. 
What do you want to do as an influence to change the cliche in athletics and in sports? So, me personally, my goal is to connect fans to players and vice versa. So, I feel like social media has granted me the ability to do that. I would love to see myself as a reporter. I would love to be on the sidelines. I'd love to be in the booth talking. I could see it happen, though. I could see I it happening. No, we're not going to say hope. See, we over here, we manifest. We speak affirmations. When it happens, it happen. you'll be it ready. Happen. It will happen, and I'm, I'm going to make it happen. And that's why, you know, again, I got a community of people that I want to make sure I pave a way for. So I know for a fact I'm going to make it happen. Um, but that's really where I see myself, and that's where I think my voice is best heard because one is clearly and directly me, my voice. Um, I don't want Maria Taylor to be the only dark-skinned black woman we see. I don't want, you know, it to be just this particular style of woman is a reporter or this particular style of woman is an analyst. There are so many different shapes, sizes, and colors that women come in that are interested in sports. And I think that we as black women, we deserve, if not, we need the opportunity to have more people that look like us because when you look at sports, when you look at athletes, when you look at the people watching, the the statistics speak for itself. It's us. It's black people. It's black people running these sports. It's black people running the teams. It's black people that are making it happen. So it is just, it's lost on me how the people that we see calling the games are not directly a representation of the people that enjoy and watch the games. Now, I'm not saying that it's only us, but I'm saying to statistically speaking, it is mainly majority us. of us. Yeah, it is mainly us. So that's where I see myself going in the, like the next, you know, five to 10 years. That's how I see myself using my influence. Um, as of right now, I'm really doing a lot of mentoring. So just what two, maybe three weeks ago, I was blessed with the opportunity to speak on Lee Steinberg's a sports panel. Um, who is huge in the sports arena. Um, I have a few mentors that I take underneath my wings, just helping them out, um, helping them get jobs. If I can't help them get a job myself, then directing them to the people that can help them get the job or at least introduce them to someone that can tell them a little bit more about what it is they're looking for. So just making sure that I'm always working and networking and helping people is really what I've been doing since I stepped foot into the sports world and give us a little more background on this on this panel you was on like tap in sis let's go like what's that so and this is another thing social media like you said now linkedin is not the same of course as other social medias but linkedin has gotten me jobs in the sports world it's gotten me the opportunity <coughs> Excuse to this me. panel mm -hmm. linkedin is powerful updates your linkedin people have pictures of you let people know what you look like. Let people know what you do. And let people know that you do it well. And so with the sports panel, I was approached through LinkedIn um, by Lee Steinberg's assistant. And she, you know, asked me if I would just be interested in holding or hosting a panel in which, you know, people basically spoke to me about my journey, um, what it is that I did, what worked for me, what probably didn't work for me, um, any advice I could give. And it really was just an informative session it's really the same thing i'm doing here just letting people know this is my story this is how i did it this is how i made it and um really just answering any questions that they had at the end so it was really an, an honor to be able to do something like that because 
how many people can say that they were on a Lee Steinberg panel? And so many people don't know who Lee Steinberg is. So come on, sis, you gotta you gotta let the people know because we all not in that arena. Like we need to educate us real quick. Who's Mr. Steinberg? Come on. So if you don't know Lee Steinberg, he's basically a representative. He represents some of the biggest sports names and athletes in the world. Um, he's obviously very, very successful in what he does, and he's been able to grow his company to basically to the point where he has hundreds of athletes tied to his name and tied to his uh, recruitment, uh, not recruitment, but uh, representation. And one thing about him is he told this awesome story of he had one athlete um, when he first started. He had one athlete that uh, he was representing, and he had to figure out what kind of brand did he want to attach to this athlete how did he want to represent this athlete because how you start is usually how people see you finishing how you start your brand is usually it's hard to deviate with from what you get people used to and that's one thing you'll learn in social media once you know kind of like the twitter updates once you get somebody used to seeing something they don't want change that's what they know that's right what that's what they're going to go based off of so lee told this story about how um he had his first athlete and he had to really figure out, sit down and think to himself, where do I see this athlete going? What represents them as well as myself in a positive manner? What name do I want attached to my brand through him? And so he really had to understand, like we said earlier, your name is your brand. Exactly. And so he had to understand what is his brand? What is he going to do? And he's obviously been able to turn that into a very successful company. Um, to my knowledge, he's been in business for like the last 30 years. So he's awesome. Damn, that's almost my whole life. <laughs> he's, again, he's very successful in what he does. And it was really inspiring just to hear a little bit more about him. But he actually has an entire website um, dedicated to him. If, if anybody's really interested, he's super nice, super approachable. Um, please friend him on LinkedIn if you have a moment. But he's he's been really awesome in teaching me personally about name brand recognition and of course we look at companies as name brands but just because you don't work in the industry you want to just because you don't have maybe the possessions you want to that doesn't mean you don't have a brand right your name is, is your, your brand. brand and how people think about you when they hear your name that determines baby listen determines the kind of business you get to do you better say that Cause listen, shout out to my uh my 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 business coach, Dr. Celicia Thompson. She always said you are the brand. So your credibility, your interactions, your your you know your honor, who you are as a person. If nobody, if I you know people can't vouch for your name, then it might get mis mixed up in the muck. So mm -hmm. nobody want that. Exactly. But shout out to you though, and uh, you know I I'm grateful that you were able to be on that panel because. You literally represent it for black women. And that's what's up. So shout out to yeah. you for that. That that's that's dope. Especially by somebody with such a big name and brand. Like, how often does that opportunity come by? And like you said, opportunities again come with the name. Your name got that opportunity. And the brand you represented. Being active on LinkedIn, like we said earlier, using these social media sites to network. Um, that's that's really big, uh, a really big part of what it is. 90% of the people that I know have been successful in sports have an amazing LinkedIn and have an updated LinkedIn. Um, so really, you just have to be understanding the if people don't know you, 
people nine times out of ten, or, and nobody can vouch for you, people nine times out of ten are not going to take the chance on Period. You. Period. And that's, and that's in life. That's outside of this profession. That's in life. Like, your cred, like how people like, oh, street cred? Yeah, yeah, your street cred not right in the professional realm. Just forget about it. Like, that's it is what it is. And it's just like, if you don't have anything to vouch for, like how they say with a credit report, your credit report speaks volumes of what you're able to attain in life in America. Your credit report is shot. Ain't nobody trust you with no no credit card to be able to be able to pay the bill. Like, it speaks volumes. Like, it goes hand in hand. But for, for me, I feel like for you, I see so much greatness in store for you only because not just because you're my special but only because i know your work ethic and how much you're dedicated and passionate about what you do i know that the sky's not even the limit like i can see you literally going far within the next year to that next level just in sports alone i hope so i honestly i recommend that everybody plan out of course you can't plan every moment of your day but plan out, okay, if this is what I want to do by this, then this is the moment I need to start making connections. So I know I see myself changing, not really companies. I would love to stay with Bleach Report. But I definitely want to see myself doing more um, TV studio work. And so I've already taken the time and taken a moment to reach out to those that can make that happen and say, hey, you know, this is what I want to do. And they, in turn, connected me with someone else. And I know this is a process that takes years to really – get to the level that I hope to attain and that I will obtain, as we talked about earlier. But if I know that it's going to take me at least two or three years to get started on that, I don't want to wait two or three years from now. Right. Why wait at the 11th hour when I got the opportunity? Carpe diem, seize the moment, like seize the day. Why wait? Exactly. Exactly. I am the type that I, of course, I love my job. I love what I do. I love the people I do with Bleacher Report is very diverse, very amazing. It's nothing but laughs and a good time. But at the same time, when it's time to work, I see myself doing this job maybe for another two or three years and then hopefully progressing in the area that I see myself going in. If not, if I stay in social media, that would be great too. But I definitely see myself working my way up the ladder. So always having a plan, always having a backup plan, always working on yourself, getting your reps up. If, for me, this studio reps. That's what it takes for me. If you're, you know, wanting to pursue something like in dance, make sure you go and take those classes. Make sure you keep keep at it. If you want to do something singing, you want to do anything you want to do, make sure you stay sharp on it. So that, again, when the moment approaches you, you're not like, dang, all this time I could have done this and I did none of it, you know? Right. Like, that's like me. Like, I'm going to get my favorite celebrities on this podcast. I already got my questions ready. So when the opportunity prevails, it's like, oh, well, here, let me send us to your team. <laughs> We're ready. Period. Exactly. Stay ready. Don't <clears throat> ready. Period. Excuse me. So that that's what's up. But do you have any, like, a be real bomb, a gem you want to drop, or a life by, you know, a lifestyle, you know, mantra you go by that you want to share with people? So I would say that my mantra is, and this is very, very simple. People may not remember what you do, but they are going to remember how you made them feel. Mm. And that is something that goes hand in hand with life. That's and a fact. That, that's just how it is. People, they, they want to work with people that they like. We can train you on how to do your job, but we can't train your personality. 
Okay, so that in addition to Woo! Almost snatched my edges on that one. It's crazy. I just heard that said last week. That's why I'm just like, dang universe, y'all loud out here. Okay. But girl, it's also another thing is, and this is the one that's really more important. You know the saying, um, it does what well, it matters who you know, not just who you know, but who knows you. Mm-hmm. That's wrong. <laughs> oh, it's not it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. Yeah, well, that's still wrong, too. Because you can know someone. That does not mean that person knows you. And most importantly, it doesn't mean that person likes you enough to vouch for you. Child. <clears throat> to not just be that person that knows them. they You can't be that person who they know. You need to be that person that when they see you, they smile. They know they're going to have a good moment. They look forward to meeting with you. Like, you need to be that person that every time you step on the scene, everyone smiles. Everyone gets happy. You don't want to be that person that when they think about you, it's like, uh, I, I don't. They got to hesitate. Yeah, like, oh, we used to work together, but I don't I don't really remember what we did. I just don't remember having a good feeling about it. That's the, that's the worst thing you can do, especially in an industry as small as mine. So always make sure, you know, I'm not going to to let people step on me, but I'm always going to make sure that I am moving how I need to move so that I can be successful. Right. And that's and that's like, again, coming with something with intent, having intent. So y'all heard what Victorian said. Y'all heard what she gave up. So, Victorian, you know, special. I appreciate you for taking the time. Give us a little insight. So when y'all go follow the Bleacher Report. And y'all see them dope content or some posts. Remember who's behind it. Because I know y'all be wondering, like, there be so many of these pages. And who behind the pages? Well, now y'all just heard one of the names behind the greatness. Yes, yes. So, definitely, definitely like, definitely comment, and definitely follow. And if you get blocked, that's your business. That means you must have did something. Look, she take accountability for all aspects, but I appreciate you. You know, here on the Be Real, we wish you nothing but success, love, and light. We already know that's going to happen anyway, but you know. You know ain't nothing but love over here for you, girl. And you know I'm wishing the same thing for you because I see you with your podcast and your art and everything. You really popping off, girl. I I, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying to do a little something, something, a little sprinkle a little razzle-dazzle in the atmosphere. You feel me? But like you said, it's consistency and credibility, like... Because it would have been weird for me, like, if my, my you know, business mentor, like you said, it's not what you know, but you know how, like, how about people know you? Like, she met me seven years ago where I joined her business, you know, her business group as, like, a mentee. And then here we are, fast forward seven years later, she asking me, like, she's her, Selena Johnson, she's her sister's manager, she's a professor. And she's like, okay, so Jess, when I'm coming on your podcast, oh, what word? You want me on my, my little old podcast? When you, when people, you know, when I mean, you know, people in the industry, you know, people in the music industry, like the greats of the greats, but you want to come on my podcast? Like that speaks volumes. Uh, Girl, you know, you know, I stay ready, but it was just like, it was one of those shockers. And then she said it on the live, which means it was recorded, which means you can't take that back. And she saved it. So it's like, therefore that means in all aspects, you find me credible enough to be like, yo, I don't mind attaching my brand to your name. 
Exactly. And that's what's dope for me. So, you know, I'm going to ask Selena one day. I ain't get there yet, but it's going to happen. Given I know, like, again, I know her, know her, but it's just like, yo, bro, like that, like you said, it speaks volumes of who you are as your character, as a person, your credibility. So, you know, I'm going to get my faves on this podcast one day. You know what I'm saying? You know, Amanda Seals, I'm trying to sit down with her one day. You know, wrap it up a little bit. You know, we had a little, you know, a little conversation, but like. Hey, hopefully she hears. Hopefully she Period. Hears. Like, pick, and she got a podcast network. She got a whole network. Like, sis, pick me up. Pick me up, sis. Pick me up. You feel me? We go on the same way, might as well rise. Again. You feel me, bro? Like, come on now. We on the same. I'm on your wavelength. Like, let's speak the facts about society and culture. Let's let's keep it a stack. But now, I love you. I thank you once again. So y'all know where to follow. Oh, let the people know where they can follow you too. Oh, girl, they can follow me at Victorian Amos. It's the same everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Victorian, V-I-C-T-O-R-I-A-N. That one little letter in space, A-M-O-S. That's where y'all can catch me at. So y'all go follow. Y'all go show love. And y'all remember this podcast. So when we come revisit this, we're going to have an Easter Ray moment. And it's going to be boom. Y'all see that? Verified outside of just the bleach report, she got that blue check by her name, baby. So know what's up. They don't they don't know today. They gonna find out obviously. And that's it, and that's all. So y'all go follow my girl, show her some love, and y'all y'all give us some. If y'all out there, y'all listening, give us some inspiration. You know what I'm saying? Like uplift. Period. That's all we got for y'all, and we'll check y'all on the next one. So that was my girl, my special, one of the most important people here for me in my transition because y'all know it's been crazy. Victorian Amos, yo, I just think it's so dope how she's so young and just got her hands in the industry like this. So y'all go follow her, show her some love. Hopefully y'all enjoyed this episode. If you're a young black girl out there looking to aspire in sports, as she said, she's a mentor and she's willing to go ahead and support you any way possible, no matter how young or how old, but be on the lookout for her. As I always say on air, let's keep it real. And when I always remind y'all, be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. Peace and blessings. See y'all later.